Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony Steak Podcast, episode 292. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we have Off-Road Andy. Yes, hello. And Tony Katz. Yes, hello as well. Thank you for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button, share with a friend, and check out our entertainment podcast right after this. Got a lot of stuff to get into today. Uh, You guys want to kick it off with baseball? Yeah, so we're going to do NBA preview next week, uh, which we'll be recording as the games start, but it's a little little weird. We won't cheat, though, because we won't know the outcomes yet, but... uh... I don't know, just weird timing, right? Yeah. Starts on Tuesday. We we'll usually record on Tuesday, but um so yeah, so that that'll be next week. We'll do uh, our over under things that are it's fun, fun to keep track of. Uh but right now there's a lot going on in the other sports, uh, including baseball, which uh first round's already over. It, it was a quick one, a weekend round, uh, kind of cool how that worked out. Uh didn't work out for Major League Baseball in that three of the four series uh, only went to two games. So uh we only had the one Sunday game. Um, which I guess they were going to get smashed by the NFL anyways in, in ratings. But um, yeah, we only got most of the three series were only two games, uh, yeah. but a lot of drama, you know. The- yeah, so definitely surprising, in my opinion. I mean, three of the four series were surprising. Uh, you had the, the only series that I think was. Uh, actually, you know what? Now that I guess when I think about it, I think all four series pretty much had the underdog win, I believe. I think the Phillies were probably underdogged against the Cardinals. Yes. And I know the um, so so Cleveland was the only home team to win, but yeah, it's a good question: were they the favorites or not? Because both teams were. And I don't know if they record. were. I think Tampa Bay might have been a slight favorite in that series. Yeah, because Cleveland got to play a bunch of games against the AL Central, which was terrible. So yeah, and I um, just think Tampa Bay is a slightly better team, but I guess maybe not. Cleveland's pitching got the job done. Tampa yeah. did they even score? And I think they scored one run. I think they run. had a Siri. I think is isn't that last name hit a home run? I think in game one. And then, uh, yeah, then Cleveland shut them out for literally, I think, 21 straight innings then or something like that. Yeah, the last game went 15 innings. So game two, 0-0. Walk-off home run, uh, just crazy. And then the guy knew it as soon as he hit it and just, you know, big game there. Which Um, is exciting. Yeah, then the other American League uh, matchup we had was uh, two wild cards, Seattle and uh, Toronto. Toronto was one of the favorites heading into the season. Maybe a little disappointing season, but I think they, they still won 90-plus games. They, they had a good result. Uh, but you get into this two-game or three-game um, playoff here, and um, they lost both games, including I think it was a 8-2 to two lead in the second game there. Uh, they ended up losing, I think, 10-8. to eight. Yeah, crazy. I saw. I think it was 9-1. to 9-1. to one. Okay, uh, I think, yeah, like the that. number's wrong. Yeah. And they – or it was either 8-1 to one or 9-1. to one, And, yeah, the Mariners won 10-9. Uh, looked good. Bats looked good in both those games. And then, yeah, you have the other one, which was the the last series here was San Diego and uh, the no, Mets. There's two more. What's the other one? Cardinals and the Cardinals and uh, Phillies. Phillies took care of business. Cardinals couldn't score. Um, yeah, it was a weird result. Cardinals don't have uh, top line pitching. Yeah, Cardinals been good were. all year. Um, they're forced to start like a weird Greek guy, I think, in the second second hmm. game. But I uh, know Adam Werner. I didn't pitch. Uh, and is is it over for him? It's over for Pools and and Molina. I don't know if uh, Wainwright made a decision, but uh, he didn't even get a chance to pitch here. So Yeah, and then you've got uh, – but then now finally the last series, San Diego and Mets, probably – I mean, the only series that went three games. It was the primetime one all three days too, so they had scheduled that already. So it's clearly this was the big series. Yeah. Uh, a lot yeah. of great pitchers involved, and 
Yeah, I mean, you could, uh, you know, Scherzer got beat up game one, and then uh, they threw DeGrom game two, and then they went to game three, and San Diego had the luxury because they stole game one that they waited to have their ace pitch for game three, and the Mets had to throw out their number three pitcher, and Musgrove dominated, and then there was the little, you know, thing that happened in the game where I guess it was going around that his ear was glistening a little bit, so there was the cons- there was the conspiracy that he had a little substance on his ear because apparently his spin rate that game was way higher than it had been all season long and so of course buck showalter got wind of it somehow i think just with you know social media people were able to see videos like stuff starts to be said and showalter had an umpire go out there and i don't know what inning it was i don't know if you know what inning it was where he had him go check him out fourth or fifth and into the game already yeah and they checked him out they even checked his ear they checked everything There was no substance that they could find. And so Musgrove continued and to dominate the rest of the game, went seven innings, one hit. And I believe as he, I don't know what inning it was or if it was when he left the game, but he had some words and some gestures towards the Mets dugout to let them know, like, you know, which I kind of like, you know, it's like if he was being clean that game, he's having a great game. They call him out. They're like, no, there's no way you can be having this great of a game. He passes the the check and then dominates the rest. I think in my opinion, after that, you have all the, you know, you have the right to, you know, talk a little trash after that. And if it would have gone the opposite, had they found something, then you have the right to, you know, have something shoved up your ass. How stupid would you be to, to try to cheat in a playoff game? Yeah. Um, and that's not even a, I'm not even making fun of the Astros, which is I'm actually saying, you know, like you were going to get caught. Everyone's looking way closer than like a, a game in July against the Pirates. Or 100%. Something. Um, did you hear what people suspect he might have had on his ears? Uh-uh. I actually did not. Uh, they, I forget what they called it, but it was like a hot patch or something. Like not like an icy hot, but just the hot part of it. Like it's like a hot sauce, basically, that people like use on, I don't know, for muscles or something. But like they said, some pictures are crazy and we'll do shit like that. Put it on his ears so that he was in constant pain, basically. Oh, wow. So get him all amped up and throw harder. Wow. <laughs> Maybe it worked. I don't know. I mean, that's I, that's a funny theory to think about. They said uh, Roger Clemens used to put it on his balls. And that was the story. Like a trainer had, had okay, it, so it was in one of those books. I've uh, so. put icy hot on my balls before. Like when I was yeah. in middle school, just one of those stupid things that yeah. preteen, Whoa. you know, early teenagers do. And uh, I will tell you that was a very. It's hard to describe it because it's just a very. It's an uncomfortable pain. So it's like it's not like it's you know, like this horrible, like sharp pain or anything. It's just the most uncomfortable feeling you can have. And it's, you know, I, yeah, that was a rough one. I remember, I remember not to get too much in detail, but I ran into the bathroom, turned on the bathtub and laid like stomach first into the bathtub as like the cold water was in there. And that was a one and done thing for me. Never, uh, never attempted it again after doing it as a 13 year old. Yeah, but I mean, these baseball players are weirdos and freaks and all kinds of do all kinds of crazy shit. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the big story here of this was that the Mets were in first place for all but seven days. I think they said ended up finishing in second and they're out within a weekend and they spent a lot of money on this team. Uh, they'll, they'll be able to run it back. But I mean, Scherzer, is he, he's now in his 40s. Um, you know, you just can't guarantee you're going to be a 100 win team next year. And maybe this is your 
best chance at doing it. But yeah, I mean, it was a it was a bummer for the Mets. I mean, they controlled the whole season, but it's a long season, and they literally blew that lead with less than five games to go, and that cost them the first round by, and it cost them an early trip home. So yeah, um, and also now we're already into the second round, even though it's the second round was the old first round, so the old the the divisional series. Uh, Already got a couple games in, in the books uh, as we're recording. and, and that's Another game going right now. But uh, this morning, the Phillies took on the Braves, and Phillies put up a bunch of runs. They got to Max Freed uh, pretty early. Um, I think he walked some guys. And the Phillies are feeling good. They seem to be the most confident team heading out of the uh, uh, wild card round there, that they were like, we knew we were going to win, and Bryce Harper being all crazy and shit. Um, and remember, they fired their manager in like May or something. So they they ended up uh, after the series win, they removed the interim tag from their current manager. So um, I don't know. I don't think the Phillies are, are that great. Yeah, we'll uh, see. I mean, their their bats but, have come alive. Yeah, they're they're, I mean, they're, they're feeling uh, it. So. Castellanos had a great game today, and Castellanos, one of my favorite guys. I just like him. So I don't even have a reason really. I just enjoy the guy. I don't know something about him. I think America likes him. Yeah, he's he's a cool guy. And, uh, you know, and then you've got, you know, Bryce Harper hasn't really, what's the farthest Bryce Harper's ever gotten? NLCS? I don't think he even got that far. Got the that year far. after he left, the Phillies, yeah, the, the Nationals, Nationals Yeah. And hey, I was actually telling that to someone today. I mean, baseball is a funny sport where that the team that does seem to get hot and confident right before the playoffs really can make a scary run. I mean, the Nationals won it, was it three years ago now when they, was it 2019 yeah, season? Three years ago. And then the Braves did it last year and, you know, that, so, I mean, a team like the Phillies getting hot and getting some confidence right now, those teams are, are scary come playoffs. I mean, it's just a different uh, game. And I thought I was going to be able to say the same thing about Seattle, but I think that kind of went out the window today, unfortunately. The Seattle Mariners in the second game that finished today controlled the whole game. Justin Verlander going to win him, uh, Cy Young this year. Ended up getting shelled today for the first time pretty much all season, went Gave up like 10 hits and six runs through four innings last I saw. And uh, he ended up, uh, you know, just getting beat up. And then turns out he ended up, uh, Astros came back, down 7-3 to three going into the bottom of the eighth. And they did what they do. Bregman hit a two-run home run to make it 7-5. And then Alvarez, who was their best home run hitter all season, hit a walk-off three-run home run. And that was the excitement of the playoff baseball. But Yeah, I mean... It's too bad. I don't think anyone wants to see the Astros do well. They 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 had a great season. They're a great team, but I think people want them to kind of go away. Um, but I don't. I don't know. They keep they keep being good. You you would hope that we could get away from this because it's not going to stop with them until like this cycle of their team is is done. You know. Yeah. Um, I think even like if they, if they miss the playoffs four years in a row, and then like a thirty four year old Alex Bregman's on a playoff team, I think people will ease up a bit. But it just it needs to be like completely cycled out right now. Or people are still going to be booing the shit out of this team and being upset that they're good. So uh, you want you want an early knockout for them. But that, that was a they stole one. That's what that you have to say is they stole this game, shouldn't have won it, and now they're going to be set up to win the series because. Yep. Uh, yeah, I don't. You, see you'd it. expect Verlander's going to be better. He'll come back. No, he can't be worse. Um, <laughs> he doesn't. He won't have two games like that in a row, especially against a team like Seattle. I just think, uh, yeah, they they've solidified themselves with this now. I mean, they they did steal that game, and I honestly would be shocked, truthfully, if Seattle wins another game. Maybe if they throw 
Luis Castillo game three, and maybe he can steal the first one at home or something. But I, and maybe if Seattle goes out and wins tomorrow or whenever they play next, maybe they will, you know, get some life back in them. And it could be a one, one series going to Seattle, but I just, I don't know. I have a tough time seeing it now. I mean, you scored seven runs, you beat up Justin Verlander and you lose the game. I mean, that's just going to be, that's just going to be too tough of a pill to swallow. I think. So it looks like they play again Thursday. Yep. And it'll, so it'll be Castillo oh, it'll versus be Castillo. Valdez. Okay. So. Yeah, that game, that big game off helps them a bit. Uh, and then we got uh, the other American League series uh, starting right now, Cleveland versus uh, the Yankees. You have to think uh, that this is the end for Cleveland. The Yankees are just better just all around. I mean, Cleveland's starting pitching is super competitive, but I don't know if it's actually better than what the Yankees are going to throw out there. Uh, and then the Yankees just have a huge lineup advantage. Um, but playoff baseball is weird. So you don't know. I'm going to be rooting for Cleveland because remember, they still haven't won. They, they're still, they won in 1946 or whatever it was and haven't won since. Uh, they, they probably should have beat the Cubs that year. They, they didn't get it done. And, you know, they, they're, they're like Tampa. They just keep fielding competitive teams. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Then the, the, the last series here, uh, Happening tonight in about an hour and a half. Uh, Dodgers-Padres. So uh, these two teams don't like each other. They're always going at each other. Manny Machado is a, a troublemaker. He does not uh, like his uh, former teammates there in L.A. Um, a weird little run he had there four yeah. years ago. Um, but he, he finally was great this year. Uh, and the team is pretty good. Maybe a disappointment. Definitely disappointing that um, Tatis isn't, isn't there. but. They're there, and they've got tons of talent. Uh, they could win the series. I think it's unlikely. They're not. They're definitely not favored. I think the Dodgers are the heaviest favored in any, in any of these uh, series. But uh, I was thinking, I I think all four of the Padres starters have World Series experience on four different teams. Isn't that kind of crazy? Yeah, because you Darvish was with the Dodgers. Uh, Musgrove was with the Astros that same year. Um, Blake Snell with the with Tampa two years ago, uh, and then Clevenger m- probably pitched in that Cleveland World Series. I don't remember that was six years ago, uh, but I think he was on that team. So they got four guys that on four different teams. It's I don't know what, how, much, how much that matters, but uh, they all have talent. Yeah, uh, but the Dodgers have have not cared how much talent these pitchers have had. Uh, but go back to, again two years ago, Blake Snell in the World Series. Uh, pitched very well against the Dodgers. He was, I think, the losing pitcher in the final game there. But I think they were, he was shutting him out through six. Uh, and then they finally got Yeah, that's right. That was him. a very low-scoring uh, game. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, is that who is probably pitching tomorrow? So, Urias, Clevenger tonight, and then tomorrow, I don't know, you Darvish and Clayton Kershaw. So, yeah, should be good. Although I'm dreading it, of course. Hmm. I don't know. I'm I'm more calm about it. It's like they're very good and they should win the road series, but I still know it just doesn't work that way. Oh yeah, no, it's tough, especially in. But I don't know how I'm going to feel three hours from now. <laughs> I definitely want them to win another one. Yeah, so I guess at this point, next week it'll be over, right? We're already beyond to <laughs> uh, the next round. It just these things go yeah, quick. Baseball goes quick, especially because yeah. it's like because they just do the best of five in the ALDS and then. 
baseball, they're used to playing day after day after day. So it's like they kind of speed it up a little bit. So it'll move quick, that's for sure. But it'll be, I think it'll be an exciting playoff this year. I mean, it already seems like it's been off to an exciting start. It's fun seeing the teams like Cleveland, Seattle, Phillies that, you know, people didn't think we're going to have much of a chance this season, you know, be in it. So it'll be fun. But I think that's, uh, it's, well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. So that's pretty much it for baseball. I think uh, now we can uh, right. move over to football, to, college. Uh, some, uh, college football. Yes. Uh, not not a very exciting week. All the, the top 10 teams that played did win, uh, but the number 11 team didn't. Uh, UCLA, number 18, beat the 11th ranked Utah uh, in, a, in, a, in a good game for them. It was uh, kind of close in the third, fourth quarter, and UCLA just kind of put some more points up on the board, just kept scoring every time, which is what you got to do, especially in college where the games can uh, really get out of hand. Is that she's got to keep the pressure on their team, so they just kept doing it. Uh, they look very good, at least on offense. And if they make a few stops per game and they're putting up thirty plus points, you know they can they can hang with some teams. Um, we'll have to see what they still got. Two other big games left on the season, um, and then they also play ASU, who's who's looking solid. Uh, but they have Oregon in two weeks from now, and then uh, USC at the end of the season. So. Uh, yeah, USC took care of business as well, and they're still undefeated. So uh, both LA teams 6-0 right now. Uh, pretty crazy. UCLA's first 6-0 start since do you, 2005. Do you know where the game is this year? Well, I can look it up. But... So I'm curious to see, like, I mean, I doubt they'll, I don't know what their schedules look like in the meantime either. I would be shocked to see uh, both of them undefeated still then, but you never know. So you've got so it looks like USC's next few games are at Utah, which will be difficult but winnable. At Arizona should be a win. Versus home against Cal and home against Colorado will be wins. Then they go against UCLA. So the only thing getting in USC's way to be undefeated playing UCLA is at Utah this coming Saturday. But uh, the way USC's been playing, I think they should be able to go into Utah and take care of business. What is a? Can we pull up UCLA's schedule really quickly? So UCLA's got at Oregon. They're they're off this week, and then they got Oregon at Oregon next uh, and on the twenty second, which will be difficult. And then home against Stanford. I feel like they should get the job done. And then at ASU, they should get the job done, but that could be a tricky one. You never know. Home against Arizona should be good, and then they are home against USC. So it'll be very interesting because I think USC has a great chance to be undefeated going into that game, and I think UCLA will probably drop one of those two road games. I just feel like more, most likely at Oregon. And uh, if they did, it'll be interesting because then if they do beat USC at home, then uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where they land. But UCLA, it's pretty funny where they went from pretty much unranked to now I see 11th. Yeah, I think they're all the way up there. Yeah, just keep winning. You beat beat ranked teams like that. You win. I mean, I guess none of their big wins are on the road, but you know, <laughs> if they win uh, two weeks from now, they'll definitely deserve that ranking. But yeah, that's not going to happen this weekend. We'll have to wait. All right, well, that's uh, all we got really for uh, college. Uh, I'm sure there'll be time to go pro. Yeah, something big will happen this week. But uh, in the NFL, we're already already through five weeks. It it, it goes quickly. Um, so we're more than a quarter of the way through now. Almost almost a whole third. Um, first game I want to talk about was the Thursday Thursday night game, which was a rough game in so yeah, many ways. It was um, rough. 
12 to nine final, all field goals. That's hard to do in today's NFL. Um, the, but I guess easy to do when the Broncos are playing. The, the Mariners and Blue Jays, mind you, on Saturday was a ten to nine final. That is baseball. Yeah. Uh, it was it was rough to watch. Just offensive lines that can't block. Matt Ryan, I think he's still only thirty seven, but he looked forty five. And I don't huh. mean like Tom Brady forty five, but like any other person forty five. I don't know how much time he has left in this league. He actually, uh, I was actually saying that I was over at a, a buddy's house watching that game on Thursday. And I mentioned to my buddy, too, that the thing with Matt Ryan, too, is he looks older, too. It's almost like he, like, aged a lot. And I, I just truly believe, and I mean, how, you know, how could you? But I think he has just a lot of, I think it just really ate him up after that Super Bowl. I think he really did physically and mentally got beat up after blowing that big Super Bowl back in, like, was it 2016 or 20, 2016 season? And uh, he just straight up never recovered. And I mean, it's it's hard to ask somebody to recover from that. But uh, he just looks old. He just doesn't look good. I mean, they didn't have Jonathan Taylor play, but I almost have a feeling they like kind of purposely sat Taylor out that game because it was a short week. He was banged up in Denver in the altitude. And I think they kind of were just like, you know, let's, you know, just hold it off a little bit. But eh, good for them, I guess, that they got a win. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, the AFC South is still up for grabs because as Andy and I mentioned a couple weeks ago, we were convinced that possibly the Jaguars were good and then now I think we're back to maybe there's still the Jaguars. Maybe the Chargers were just banged up that day, and that's what hurt them. Yeah, I have that uh, later on the list, which just mentioned now. Yeah, they lost to the Houston Texans. Who? Uh, all right, home run. Yep, the Cleveland Indians have gone up 1-0 on Michelle Kwan's son, yeah. S. Kwan. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, not her, not her son, not her son. The Jaguars only put up six points on Houston, who. I thought he, I think Houston they still might be the worst team in the NFL. There's some other competitors here, uh, but they they are very bad and they only I mean they only scored 13 in this game. I don't know what happened there. Lovey Smith called a great game to confuse Trevor Lawrence or something, <laughs> but that's just you inexcusable. Know, you know what's funny with Houston is I feel like low key Houston has almost been in like every game they've played this year. They tied the Colts week one. Yeah, they, they beat the Jaguars. They were close against they the Broncos. Were close against the Broncos. They were close against the Chargers, and then there's one other team in there that I'm missing. But uh, we're just going to assume they were yeah. close in that also. I, I'm going to look it up. I think yeah, they played can, a very easy schedule. We can take a look. I mean, easy nonetheless, but I mean, it's going to be easy when you're in the AFC South. It's hard to have a hard schedule. The Bears, well, yeah. So Close game against the Bears. They probably yeah, should have won that game. But, but I mean, when you look at their games, they tied, <laughs> lost by seven, lost by three, lost by ten, but it was a close game, and then won. So. All right. You're I still, no, I'm not. I'm definitely, for the record, no, I'm not. <laughs> One, three, and one. I think they're only like a game and a half out of well, the Hey, they play a one and four team next week. Well, that one and four team is way better than yeah, them. Yeah. If that one and four team does not are. take care of business, then end the whole franchise. Um, we'll get to them <laughs> yeah, later. We'll probably um, end it with them. Yeah, the other story coming out of this game was that, I mean, obviously Russell Wilson made some bad decisions. He threw an interception um, when they could have padded their lead and ended up costing them uh, potentially. Now, a, in that situation, is that is that the coach's call there? You can check out of a call, but yeah. I think they did call for the pass. They were they were very worried about uh, Melvin Gordon fumbling, and yeah. so they were afraid to give him like the ball. And I guess in that situation, you do have Russell Wilson. So if you are afraid of Gordon fumbling, you think, hey, Wilson's our star player. We got him here for a reason to put teams away with his arm and or his legs. And uh, instead of putting the team away, he gave them absolute life, throwing a huge interception, and it just looked bad. I mean, they just don't. Wilson just does not look good in the Bronco uniform so far, and I don't know if it's the 
coaching or what it is, but it just doesn't look good. The other explanation, they said that uh, he has a, an injured shoulder, something he yeah. can still play through, but he injured it during the Raiders game. I don't know. The team just looks like a mess. He didn't look good before the Raider game, though, so I don't care. Yeah. All right. Moving on to the London game this week. I honestly forgot that game was on. I woke up around 8.30, 8 a.m. or so on a Sunday morning and checked my phone and then sure enough saw that it was like 20. At the time, it was like 20 to 23 or something like that. I don't know. I forgot there was a Green Bay and uh, Giants London game on, and uh, I turned it on right around the time of the start of the fourth quarter and got to watch the Giants come back and defeat Green Bay. And that pushes the New York football Giants to 4-1 and one this season, which is tied for second and third place in the mean NFC East, which just a couple years ago was the worst division by far in the, in the NFL. And now I'm not, I can't, you can't go as far as I still think to say it's the best division, but record wise through five weeks, it is the best division with Two teams, four and one, and one team, five and oh. We'll get into those other two teams as well. But for now, the New York football giants, four and one. And I actually heard today that their odds to make the playoffs for yes is still underdogged. <laughs> so there is not hope for this Lions, for this Giants team yet. People are still not yet to believe that they are a team. But when you look at their upcoming schedule, home against the Ravens, okay, you never know. But then at Jacksonville, at Seattle. You know, winnable games, home against Houston, home against Lions, winnable games. I mean, if the Giants are for real, shit, they can mess around here and start off seven and two or something like that. They still got two games against Washington. It looks really bad, too. So, yeah, uh, I don't think they're good. I don't but either, but they could go ten and seven. That schedule is very promising for a team that has started four and one, in my opinion. Would yeah. you agree? Yeah. And it's a. Uh, it's a strange situation in that you know that quarterback's not coming back. <laughs> they still don't trust him. They run him a lot. He's not the guy of the future. Um, but they can go and win 10 games, get a wild card spot. Uh, I don't think they're going to beat Philly. I mean, they didn't beat Dallas, so I don't think they're going to compete for the division lead. But, you know, a wild card is good for a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in five years or something like that. So, I agree. Um, yeah. You want to move, move on? Yes, we can move on to. Uh... The Pittsburgh Steelers, who are just bad. I mean, I knew they were bad. I mean, it's it's not getting any easier for them. I mean, they had a rough schedule on top of the fact they were a bad team. And uh, they went to Buffalo. And there's a reason they were underdogged by 14 points because Buffalo cruised to an easy, like, 38-3 to victory or whatever it was. And, uh, yeah, I mean, this is a rebuilding year. I mean, we knew it, unfortunately. I mean, it's, it's a team that has a lot of talent. I mean, they've got Najee Harris. they got Deontay Johnson. they got, you know, Claypool and uh, – Pickens that are two good receivers. Pickett, I think, will has potential to one day be a, a decent quarterback at least, and they have a good defense. They have talent on there, but it just with a rookie quarterback, it just isn't it just isn't ready for them yet this year. And uh, they're one and four. They're home against Tampa Bay this week, so there's a very more than likely chance they go to one and five. And then I mean, they're already in a tough division, so you have to face Baltimore twice, Cle- uh, Cleveland twice, Cincinnati twice, and the Steelers' only win this year was. A massive, crazy game where they blocked the extra point that would have beat the game against a top three kicker in the league, and they won that game. So the Steelers could and should easily be five zero and five right now. So it, it just isn't a good team. And you know, as a fan at this point, I think it's like you know maybe we get to see them have a top draft. Do they yeah. even have picks still? 
Yeah, no, they'll have their pick. Okay, this year, so yeah. that's that's exciting. Go, go get that number one overall pick, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, at least a two or three pick, you get a good a piece you need, and you let Pickett go into his next year. And you know, I still think the future is bright for Pittsburgh. This isn't like a Houston situation, I think, or Jaguars where you're just going to be bad for so long. I think they're it's going to be one of those teams that they're a good team. They're just going to have a bad year, and we'll see what happens next. Uh, next uh season yeah. so forth <laughs> 2024 2025 yeah. there's those are all years that yeah. exist still uh the next next one on the list here uh the chargers game always hard to watch uh i don't know, I think the game went as expected the browns ran all over them nick chubb couldn't be stopped um but the chargers offense played well as well i mean the, the browns run defense might be worse than the chargers because we know how good the Browns' rush offense was, so it's not surprised they had to put up yards. But the Chargers had like 250 yards rushing in this game, which is really embarrassing because they were uh, among the, the bottom in, in rushing per game. Uh, but yeah, what this game I think everyone's going to take from it is just more controversy, more coaching decisions that everyone has to second guess. But uh, the Chargers were up by uh, two points with uh, about a minute left. and. They were facing a fourth in one slash fourth and two. Yeah, what was your thoughts on this? I'll be curious. I assumed they would just punt. Uh, they they came out, and it was clearly one of those things they were just trying to get them off sides. Mm-hmm. And they called the timeout. I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. they're just doing that. And then when they came back from timeout and they had the offense still on there, I'm like, this is this is wrong. Like, what's going on? Uh, they didn't succeed. So they, I would just like to know, when, when they threw that incompletion, what kind of colorful words did you use in that situation? I was like more calm i was just kind of like in shock um i I do understand the math behind it and this is getting so controversial now but there is a lot of logic to all this stuff uh but it's so it's outside of the mainstream yeah and outside of what you're expecting for all the years we've watched football uh but also I don't Can think it was I the right decision. Just say really quick too. I know a lot of it has to do with analytics now, but I heard this like, like I swear to you, I heard this about two, three years ago. They said what a big thing with it now is is what these younger coaches is they call them the Madden generation of coaches because they all grew up playing Madden. And when you would play Madden, especially against your friends, you would never punt, you'd never kick field goals, you'd go for it on fourth and eight on your own fifteen. And it really does it. It's it's become a thing, and it's and now it's it's. But I think it's mostly the analytics of it and stuff and. They do tell you, like, hey, if you only need two yards to go, go end this game instead of, you know, and if you miss it, then, you know, I hope you get a stop, but instead of just punting it and giving them the ball back. And you are seeing it more, which, you know, you've been seeing in college for a long time, but now we're actually getting to see it in the NFL. And I, I, I'm all for it. I like it. It does make for exciting football. It obviously gets scary if it's your team or if it's a team you maybe have some money on and you're like, what the hell are you doing? But, I mean, it doesn't seem like any of these coaches are going to slow down with their decisions on these analytic calls. So, no, and especially because if they're all doing it now, that they all get to cover for each other, because it's like, oh, Brandon Staley, what a jackass, and then Josh Josh McDaniels comes in and does says, the same yeah, thing. Hold my beer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can't really single anyone out anymore, which we will get to on his decision. Um, uh, my problem with the decision was you do you do have to base it on what's actually the other team, which a lot of the models don't factor in. Uh, and my point is, uh, Jacoby Brissett is not good. He played really well because... He, he messed up the end of that game, too. He threw well, an interception there. They, they leave the middle of the field open, the way the Chargers are playing defense. 
the Browns were successful running the ball and getting short passes over the middle of the field. You can't do that in the one minute drill, you know? So I, I wouldn't trust Teddy. Not, I'm going to call him Teddy Bridgewater. The same guy to me. They're both back. Yeah. Uh, Jacoby Brissett. I wouldn't trust him to drive the ball 50 yards. Yeah, I, I agree. In that situation. Uh, so I would just uh, go with the, the punt there. Um, but the reason why the math. Do you want me to press pause on this shit? Down? No, no. I'm just trying to show Andy that there was a really bad call in the okay. Cleveland Yankee game. I thought Andy could be better at uh, I'm multitasking, to, but apparently not. going on for him. Yeah. But, uh, but yes, off. no, I agree. It's uh, I want to explain the math here. Okay. okay. So everyone, the reason people don't like these calls is they only look at the downside of things. And they, they overrate the downside. So what happened here is the Chargers didn't get the fourth down conversion. And they gave Cleveland the ball back. And Cleveland only needed to get 10 yards for a reasonable field goal try. And they got those 10 yards, but then they missed a, a long field goal, which was not an easy field goal. It was a 54-yard field goal. Uh, but the, the math showed that as if you if you turn the ball over to, to the Cleveland um, at the 46, there's still like a 30% chance you win, that you, you do prevent them from getting a field goal or another score. Uh, but people just automatically assume when you – miss a, four, a fourth down conversion, the other team is going to score on you. And that's just not true. Or even if you go for it deep in your 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 territory, you assume, oh, you turn it over, they're going to get a touchdown out of this. And like, no, maybe not. Maybe you force a three and out and they kick a field goal. So people always look at the, the worst side of it, but they looked at, okay, if we get the fourth down, we win 100%. And if we don't get it, we still win 40% of the time. So that that's, that's the math there. Uh, but people think, that they were going to definitely lose once they didn't get that, that fourth down conversion. But you see what happened. Yep. Teams sometimes fuck with themselves. Uh, they got a first down on their first play. They killed a bunch of clock and they were like, well, we're already in field goal range. Let's run the ball and get like five more yards. Uh, they ended up losing a yard on that play. Uh, and then they never ran another good play again. They two incomplete passes to the sidelines that were not going to be completed. And then they were stuck with a 54 yard field goal. So I think, they kind of like got in their own heads thinking we're already in field goal range and they, they screwed themselves over in that situation. So you got to factor that in <laughs> other teams do stupid things too. Um, all right. Well, now we can move on to the other LA team who uh, not, not going well for them either. So yeah, they are not the St. Louis. Wow. <laughs> the LA Rams. I apologize. I think I'm going to get fined for that. The LA Rams uh, were home against the Dallas Cowboys. And the funny thing about this is I had a producer. Luke was actually at this game, I believe. And he even said it was, you You thought you were in Dallas. Like, I mean, it was, I think they were making jokes because I think there was a situation where like Matt Stafford, like couldn't hear the play call or something when it was a third down because the crowd was so loud. And obviously anybody that's gone to football games knows that when the home team has the football, they want to quiet the crowd so they can hear the play call. They want them loud when you're on defense, but because the Rams game had mo- more Cowboy fans than Rams fans, it was actually loud. And I know there was like that whole like kind of funny thing about how it's it's kind of embarrassing when you have to like, you know, you you know, your visiting crowd is louder than your home crowd, or there's more of them. And that's nothing against the Rams. Obviously, they're the Super Bowl champs. They're very popular, but the Cowboys are in quotes America's team. So there's more Cowboy fans in majority of the world than you know everywhere. But uh, yeah, Cowboys ended up winning. Uh, uh, 
Cooper was Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush goes to four and this year, five and zero in his career as a starter. And it's kind of funny because like you know you got Dak Prescott is still wanting to come back, and it'll be interesting because this week is going to be the big week because it's Sunday night football. It's Cowboys and the Eagles. I'm not sure who the home team is. I believe Eagles are the home team. And uh, it's going to be big because if Cooper Rush goes into Philly and wins this game and puts them to five and one, and then which would put them in first place because the Eagles would then be five and one, but the Cowboys would have the tiebreaker with the head to head win. I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, then you do bring Dak. I mean, I think they're going to sit Dak this game. And I think maybe he comes back against the Lions, which I think could be good for Dak because maybe it's like, okay, hey, I'm home against the Lions. This is a team that maybe I can still. I can have a good game against and show people that, hey, I'm still the guy here. But I'll tell you what, especially if Cooper Rush beats the Eagles, but even if Cooper Rush doesn't beat the Eagles, even if he gives the Eagles a good game, and then let's say Dak Prescott comes in and they play the Lions at home, and if Dak Prescott doesn't tear up the Lions at home, people are going to start to question who the starting quarterback for this team should be, I think. Maybe I'm wrong, but I really do believe that. Uh, I think it's important to remember that Cooper Rush had 102 passing yards this game or something like that. So, Yeah, but he still got the <laughs> he, job okay, done. Well, he won, but the, the, it's the Cowboys defense who is really winning these games. Uh, they were all over the Rams' offensive line, which is a real problem. Um, you want to talk about aging quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford looks like he's too old to play. He's, he's not, but he's just had so many injuries in his life that uh, with a bad offensive line, it's really, really tough for him. Yeah. And he's always been a guy to throw balls that he shouldn't. And so you just add, you know, bad offensive line to that. It's it's not it's not going good. But I don't know. It's a long season. The Rams can maybe fix some things. Sean McVay is still a great coach. Figure something out. But I don't think the Rams I don't think the Rams are a playoff team. I think they're like a nine really? and eight, eight nine so? type team right now. I mean the way they're um, they, playing, absolutely. They can they can change some things. Maybe they they bring in a someone on, on, on the line or something. But yeah, right now it's like it's it's a it's a bad bad recipe right now i would agree with that they're uh, not looking that great but uh and i and i think stafford is it his shoulder or his elbow that's the issue i think it's everything but but i know there's something that's more I of a specific elbow that was the one they said is kind and of a recurring issue. i think it's one of those things where you never know with these guys because they're always so quiet during the season because they want to keep playing and then you find out at the end of the year like you know you find out i remember like brady a couple years ago where it's like oh he was playing with a torn this the whole time or a broken this and so wouldn't be surprised if that's the issue here going on with Stafford, especially with how much he keeps getting like hit. And the New York Yankees have just tied the baseball game. Guy they got at the trade deadline, Harrison Bader, ties it up at one, bottom of the third. But uh, yeah, back to NFL. I mean, that's what's exciting about uh, doing the podcast with live stuff going on. You know, yeah, by the time anyone listens to us, they'll already know. Yeah, but at least they got to know we were doing it. They get to relive the moment. Exactly. And so, uh, anyway, but yeah, the Rams not looking good. Cowboys looking good. And, uh, yeah, moving on to the AFC East, the New York Jets, believe it or not, through five games are three and two. And they go and they just defeat the Miami Dolphins, which was kind of gift wrapped to them in a little bit because Teddy Bridgewater got hurt. And was it the first quarter? I think it's the first play of the game. (laughs) Uh, Very controversial because it was the new concussion rule which was, of course, put in place because of the Dolphins' starting quarterback, Tua. Um, uh, a person, a, I don't know, a doctor, who, someone on the sideline who is now has power, uh, basically said he didn't like the way Bridgewater got hit and basically took him out of the game and said, you're out. 
come out. He never returned. Uh, I don't know all the new rules. I didn't do all the research. I saw a couple other plays happen this week where, yeah, there's like a new guy who can tell someone to come out of the game. Um, But I think they they all came back. But, yeah, Bridgewater didn't play. And so then Miami was forced to go with their third-string quarterback, I believe it was a rookie out of Kansas State. Uh, that's a t- that's tough. So I don't think he played horribly, but you're just not really prepared to. Go I think Tyreek got a little banged up in that game too. I'm not sure. Yeah, the, the, whether, Miami did whatever. have some other injuries as well. I think left tackle was out. It's kind of sad for Miami because I know a couple weeks ago we were all excited. They were three and zero. Tua yeah. was looking good. Team was looking good. You know they were coming off that huge like game where it was like Waddle and Tyreek Hill each had like over 150 receiving yards. Tua had like 900 pass yards and like 13 touchdowns. And it was like, man, this is fun. And then all of a sudden, how it's how quickly life can happen, man. Now they're down two weeks, three weeks later, they're down to their third string quarterback starting against whoever they play this week. I think it's, I'm not even going to try to guess. I have no idea, but they're playing somebody that we know that much. <laughs> but uh, are they, when do bye weeks start? Bye weeks start this week. The Raiders are on a bye and the Lions are on a bye. But I know... For sure, the Dolphins play somebody. You passed it. It was up there. The Dolphins are playing the Minnesota Vikings at home. Two teams that, wow. Don't, don't, uh, don't quit your plans to watch that game this week. I'll just say that. Kirk Cousins, although the Vikings are 4-1. I don't even believe that. But anyway, that's for another topic on another day. But um, And then we already talked about uh, the Jaguars and the Texans, that toilet bowl game. But uh, yeah, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, went on to t- who they play? the 49ers, which was expected for them to not look good, but they really didn't look good. Baker Mayfield got hurt. Yeah, uh, he's now the lowest rated quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he's hurt, might be out for six weeks, which is like, who, who the fuck cares? Let, don't let him play again. Uh, and then Carolina fired their coach after this game as well. So Which I think was, was coming. Yeah, bad season last year as well. Um, yeah, I think a bad record overall. And just seemed to be going backwards. Uh, this team has done a terrible job uh, with their quarterback situation. Um, obviously, going away from Cam Newton, probably the right thing, but their decision was to bring in Teddy Bridgewater. They gave him a big deal. Then they traded for Sam Darnold. Didn't work out. Then they traded, or then they brought Cam Newton back. Do you remember that in the end of last year? I do remember that, yeah. They're like, this will be fun. And mm-hmm. no, he was still bad. Uh, then they traded for Baker Mayfield this year and drafted a guy, I think, in the third or fourth round. Uh, and they just have no options. They're go- they're going back with PJ Walker again, who started some games for them over the last few years, and just like huh, I remember, I was going nowhere. I was uh, hearing something too about how PJ Walker, I guess, like during right before that, like during that COVID time, I guess when the XFL was back, where PJ Walker was like about to be the MVP of that league, and then they canceled the season. <laughs> so it's kind of funny, but uh, yeah, anyway. and there are rumors right now that basically anyone of the Panthers is available. Um, and there was a story that, oh, the Bills have already made a call about uh, McCaffrey. And then they all, they all denied it. But who knows? I mean, that would add something that the Bills don't have right now. But how much are you going to have to pay to get that? Well, then the next game we have here, uh, Eagles went to 5-0. and They were kind of lucky. Weird play at the end where uh, Kyler Murray ran for what he thought was a first down. But it wasn't. So he spiked it on third down. And... Eagles were forced to kick, or the the Cardinals were forced to kick a field goal um, rather than try to get it closer. The problem was, is their kicker was hurt, and they went up. They had a backup kicker who uh, previously was the backup kicker for uh, the Chiefs earlier this year, and lost them that game against the Colts. Remember? Um, I do. 
So this guy is kind of, I feel bad for the guy. If you missed this kick, it, it was like, he's probably never going to get another chance again, is he? To play for two teams and. Yeah, that's, that's rough. Maybe some people just aren't cut yeah. for this kicking stuff, I suppose. But uh, anyway, the the last two games we have here to talk about are the were the two primetime games, the Sunday night game and the Monday night game. We'll start with the Sunday night game. Both games, division rivals. Uh, both games were great games. Uh, the first one here, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore Ravens got off to an early lead. They were up, I believe it was 10-0. And then it, uh, at some point, the Bengals took a... Uh, they were down 13... No, what were the Bengals down? They were down like 16-10, to 10, I think. Yeah, but it, the other there's another important coaching um, possible blunder. Oh, who yeah. knows? Uh, Bengals were down 13-10. And I believe it was late third, early fourth or something like that. It was in the fourth. Um, and they had a fourth and two. So the conventional wisdom is this is when they were up 13 to 10, kick the field yeah. goal, tie the game. Uh, but I think that their coach understands there's a lot of game left. What good is a tie at the beginning of the fourth quarter? That doesn't mean you're going to be tied at the end of the fourth quarter. Um, so they went for a touchdown. They didn't get it. Uh, so Baltimore took over and then Baltimore was faced with a similar dilemma facing a fourth and goal, like fourth and one. Yes. Up by three. You'd get the touchdown. You're up by two scores. But you take the field goal, you're forcing the other team to get a touchdown. So they take the field goal, which was probably not what you're supposed to do based on the math. Um, and the worst case scenario happens, Cincinnati gets a touchdown, goes up by one now, 17-16. But Baltimore is the best kicker that has ever lived. Yeah, he, he only he, need to and, get a few yards. <laughs> and he is very good. Like, I, obviously, the only time I get to watch that is when they're on prime time. And watching him kick really is like, it's insane. It's just like, he just... It even sounds different, I swear, off his foot. It's just like, it's just uh, just a boom. And it's always just straight there. Like, I, I was uh, a buddy of mine, had some money on Baltimore, and he was texting me throughout, and he's all like a little nervous. And it was like a 42 yard field goal to win the game for him or something like that. And he just, it was just <laughs> never a doubt. I mean, it was literally just straight down the middle. They, they, they did analyze the kick and said that it was statistically the dead center. Of, yeah. of the uprights so yeah it's it's insane and so yeah baltimore gets a big win they move into first place they're three and two i believe now pushes the Bengals to two and three that division's pure garbage at the moment steelers one and four cleveland two and three cleveland Chief. cleveland's weird there's still cleveland the, are weird. there's a there's a there's a cloud hanging over the cleveland browns of course um and to them maybe it's a rainbow? I don't know. I don't know where this metaphor is going. Oh, yeah, <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm talking about is that they have a Do we? Uh, they have a much better quarterback on their roster who um, is coming back. You know, I think you got that. That's true. Yeah, uh, that suspension. So uh, you know, and, and Brissett's played pretty decently, better than I think they expected. But he's just not the same player. Um, I think Deshaun Watson might have put up 40 against the Chargers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you never know. Maybe, yeah. especially if it was a couple years ago. But. uh Final game here, Monday Night Football, we had the Las Vegas Raiders at the Kansas City Chiefs. And this game probably shocked a lot of people how it started. Uh, both defenses looked like they came out pretty good. And then uh, the Raiders marched the field. They got on the board with a deep ball to Devontae Adams. It made Raider fans very excited. And I know this because I watched the game with 
a lot of Raider fans. One of my good buddies is a Raider fan that I watched with, and we were at a bar that is mostly Raider fans. And the place exploded. I mean, it was a 50, like eight yard pass to Devontae Adams. And it's like, kind of like, yeah, this is why we got Devontae. This is where our season turns around. And then they got up 17, nothing at one point. And then all of a sudden it's 20 to 10 at the half. And I think that late field goal, which was like a 58 yard field goal after this guy missed like a 40 yard field goal to make it 20 to 10 going into the half and chiefs were getting the ball to start the second half. And I think you kind of knew like, you know what? Momentum's going to shift. And then it just, Chiefs just could never be stopped at that point. And then Travis Kelsey had four touchdowns. They looked good, but there was uh, some late decision-making in the game that I'll let uh, Andy discuss here since he's the more of the analytic guy. He's the numbers guy. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't turn the game on until the fourth quarter. Um, you know, when I, the, first, the first I checked the score I saw was 17-0, and I was like, oh, that's a big surprise. And then I realized, oh, that means shit. That doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been there before. Uh, the Chargers were up 17-7 on this team earlier this year, just a few weeks back. And it's like, yeah, just of course. It was the Chiefs took back the lead with like three minutes into the third quarter. I think it was like Yeah, no, it, it was, was so quick. It was so quick. Um but yeah, the uh the big play here was um I mean first of all, the Chiefs did something a little weird. Um I think it was confident, but uh they scored I was twenty they're winning twenty four twenty three. They scored a touchdown. And rather than take the extra point to go up by eight they uh went for two to try to go up by nine which would then be a two score game uh they didn't get the two pointer so it stayed at uh seven points there um which then opened up the opportunity for the raiders to make a different decision when they scored a touchdown to make it 30 to 29 rather than take the extra point they went we're gonna go take the lead and get a two pointer right here and uh they didn't get it so now they're down 30 29 Meaning they had to stop the Chiefs to get the ball back to have a chance. Uh, and they were able to do it. Uh, but then they did not succeed in getting a field goal. Some one of the worst fourth down plays you'll ever see. Two two receivers running into each other at like nearly full speed. Uh, yeah, it was bad. Pretty and you know, miserable. Kind of funny is like uh I mean not funny if you're a Raider fan, but what's kind of funny is that Hunter Renfro the last game he had played was against the Cardinals, and some of you might remember the last play he played. He got hit, fumbled the ball, which was picked up for like a 70-yard touchdown return, which is how the Raiders lost that game to the Cardinals. And then he, this was his first game back, and then at the very end, his route so, runs into Devontae. I don't know whose fault a, it was, though. It's very important that a lot of former receivers said that was on Devontae Adams. Okay. Devontae Adams needs to, because there's press coverage. He needs, to be, he needs to beat the guy quicker, but he also needs to beat the guy the outside. He took the easy route to go inside, and his route took him right into so. So Renfro was supposed to come underneath, and mm-hmm. Adams has already passed him. Um, it didn't happen because Adams went inside. Um, so it's his fault, and maybe he knew it because he uh, yeah, there was shoved a, a uh, photographer. That after that game, yeah, uh, photographer got kind of in his face coming out of the game, which is normal. That's what their job is to get yeah, the paparazzi. Pretty much. Um, and he shoved him down, and now the guy is uh, like filing yep. charges. He's filing charges, respectfully. So I mean, because it know, was pretty violent. Like the guy I, holding a big ass camera. So I I brought this hurt. up to some friends today because obviously you know people are like, oh no, like you just. But it's like I'm like you guys got to realize this, especially a camera guy like that. That is no different than being somebody like you or I. Like if this is just our actual job, like our our you know our job that gets you know we make you know however much these guys make a year. And it's like, we're nobody. We're just doing our job. We're filming. And yeah, it's like, we're getting up and close. His emotions got the best of him. He shoves the guy. 
And it's like, he's a regular guy. It's like, you knew immediately when that happened, phone calls, texts from all sorts of people like, oh, dude, do this, do this. And he did. And he ran with it and said that he had to go to the hospital that night and that he's in pain and he's got all this other stuff. And like, there was even this big thing that came out where the, some Kansas city thing was like, oh, you know, his injuries were non-life threatening. So they're even getting to that point where they're saying like, you know, he could have hit his head, which I mean, he could have, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and defend the camera guy because I mean, to say like he was going to die off of that shove, but you know, it's, this is what easily can happen. And you know, the guy ran with it and honestly can't say I would have, you know, not done the same thing. I mean, probably would have, I mean, it's easy money because he was assaulted. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, and it's his Devante put his hands on him, shoved him to the ground, could have hurt him. And I mean, these guys aren't, you know, some of these camera guys are like guys in their, you know, sixties and stuff like that. I mean, that's how people at that age or at any age, really, you hit your head at the right spot. doesn't matter how old you are, but especially as you get older, you hit your head at the right spot. I mean, that's how the great chick Hearn died, fell down, hit his head. So, I mean, it's like that. Uh, it is, you know, it's nothing to joke about. And it's Devontae should know better. I mean, I, I honestly, I like Devontae Adams. I think he's a great player. He's fun to watch, but, and I mean, I get it. that emotions get the best of you, especially in a game like that. But it was, it was a foolish, a foolish decision. And uh, it's going to end up biting him in the ass because something's going to come out of it. Yeah, he could miss a game. They might suspend him. That's. Pretty I feel like they're going to get to the yeah. point where they're going to the way the league is these days and the way just the world is these days. I almost feel like they're going to almost have to like at least yeah. to make their point across. And I think the Raiders could be okay with that because they are playing the Houston Texans this week at home. They should be able to get past the Houston Texans without Devontae Adams, but I imagine he'll appeal it no matter what happens. I don't know how long that process takes, but if I was the Raiders, I'd say, "Homie, don't appeal it. Sit this one out. We'll beat the Texans without you." But then if they lost the Texans, then it's over. It's I like, mean, the season's probably over anyways. They're one in four. I mean, I was going to say, yeah. you never know, though, because they really have only lost. They've lost their games by an average of under four points. I was going to say, I think it's 12 points total or something. Yeah. Like that. And so with that said, I don't know if it is over yet because I was thinking about it today. The divisions haven't looked that great overall, like the depth of it. Seven teams make the playoffs now. I mean, you look at the AFC. Uh, we'll start with the AFC West. I mean, Broncos haven't looked that great. Chargers had their moments, but they're banged up. Chiefs, obviously, okay, they'll they'll probably take control of that division. Then you look at the AFC North. I mean, it's a three and two team, two two and three teams, and a one and four team. That's nothing crazy. You look at the AFC South, nothing crazy going on over there. And then in the East, I mean, other than the Bills, the same thing. So I mean, all the Raiders need to do really is win. You know, you can win two games in a row, and all of a sudden you're back in that. They are in last place in, in the conference. So hey, honestly, the whole the whole AFC West can make the playoffs. It's still possible, but yeah. A lot, I'm just saying, you win two games in a row, you're back in it is what I'm saying. It's a long season now. There's that extra week. There's an extra team that makes the playoffs. It's not looking good. It's not looking promising, but I don't think it's over yet. If they lose to Houston, it is 100% <laughs> over. I you can, I will write that in yeah. blood like Sideshow Bob. All right. Well, yeah, that's uh, week five, and that is, uh, I think, this episode, right? Yeah, I think so. All right. Solid episode. You've been listening to episode 292 of the Tony Steg Podcast. I'm Sean, and joined with me, we had Off-Road Andy. Thank you. And Tony Katz. Yes, thank you. We'll see you later.